Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Better Black Than Never. I am your host, as always, Tavarnis King. Thank you very much for spending some time with me today as I am dealing with another snow day. Now, look, I love the snow, to be honest with you. I really do. It's just that when you add the snow on top of quarantine, on top of freezing weather, on top of all the other stuff, it is a little bit inconvenient. So even I, as a snow lover, uh, am having a little bit of a difficult day, a little bit of a, a little difficult stretch here dealing with all the snow. If everything was normal, this would be fucking awesome. I would just love that it's snowing outside. Uh, but on top of everything, <laughs> on top of COVID and quarantining and, and wearing masks and all this other shit that's going on right now, this snow is not popping right now. It's not It's not the time for it right now. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of all the people living like California and, and sunny weather, even though I don't love sunny weather. But it is better than having to deal with this, at least at the moment right now. Nevertheless, thank you for joining me today. And today's going to be a little bit of a short show uh, because I do have to deal with all the snow stuff. So we're going to keep it short today. We're probably not going to dive into all the subjects that I would like to dive into. Uh, But it's all good. You know, we're going to make it happen because there's definitely some stuff to talk about. Uh, So with that being said, let's jump right into the first topic. So by now you probably all heard the news, but I'll go ahead and recap it for you. A charter school in Utah had a bunch of parents asking to opt out of Black History Month focus lessons. And so the fuckery here is so high. However, let me make sure that I share with you the entire story, which is that as this news of the the request for opt out came out two two three days ago, as of yesterday, those same parents rescinded the request, uh, and so because they saw the fucking backlash on social media and people talking about them as well, we should, and they decide, yo, we can't take this heat. We're gonna just you know bow out and just you know suffer the indignity of having our kids sit through black history month education which is total fuckery now a couple of things first i am i am undecided really about how i feel about charter schools i think in theory charter schools are a great idea but the execution has left a lot to be desired over the many years that we've had charter schools. Uh, We've had charter schools where people were literally robbing people, you know, taking their money but not providing the services. You've had charter schools that, you know, do fuckery like this and have, you know, curriculum that is super, super biased. Uh, And it's one thing to have curriculum bias towards a group of people who never get a chance except for maybe a month or if you're talking about like you know hispanics i mean his i mean hispanics it's a week you know say i know there's hispanic heritage month but i don't know how much time they're actually taking to actually teach people in school about all the contributions you know hispanic people have made to this country it might be i'm pretty sure i'm willing to bet you know that it's less than a month uh and then of course native americans probably get no shine in in school curriculums uh and so the idea of having a charter school that has a curriculum that attempts to even that stuff out is a good idea. However, you then have situations like this where a charter school can just decide, 
you know, okay, we're going to let parents opt out of their kids learning about Black History Month, you know, learning, you know, about people like Sojourner's Truth, learning about people like James Baldwin, um, Langston Hughes, and, you know, Billie Holiday, and, you know, Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, and all these great black people who've done amazing things in our, in their time here on this planet. And so, that is kind of the the pull and in the, the pull the push and the pull of charter schools is that on the face of it it should be a great opportunity but then you have all this fuckery that happens often i mean often um i've done it before but i'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to john oliver he did a great episode on charter schools so you should definitely jump on youtube and go check it out but yeah the, a lot of the promise of charter school in my opinion has been lost and very few of them are actually fulfilling that promise the other thing about charter schools is that you know ron DeSantis' dumbass in florida got elected you know because black women came out at a high percentage to vote for him and the reasoning given all the the reading and the research that i did at the time was that he promised to keep funding charter schools um andrew gillian i believe is his last name he was running on a platform was like we need to invest more in public schools right which is something that i really truly believe because i believe the vast not I believe the truth of the matter is the fact is the vast majority of children are going to go to public schools and so you need public schools to be well funded you need teachers to be well paid you need the curriculum in public schools to make fucking sense you know stop teaching people that Columbus was a fucking hero he wasn't you know shit like that needs to be corrected because public schools is where the vast majority of kids are going to go a very, very small percentage of kids will end up in charter schools. And so that was the platform that he was running on. But you had enough black parents, uh, specifically black mothers in Florida, who were invested in and had children in charter schools that when Ron DeSantis said, yeah, I'm going to make sure that charter schools get all the money, et cetera, et cetera, they came out and they gave him their vote, which is kind of counterproductive because we know that, you know, he's GOP, he's a racist, you know, white supremacist. It's what, you know, for him to promise that your kids gets to go to a charter school, that kid is going to a charter school in a white supremacist environment. How much can that really benefit your child? And so it's one of those things where I don't agree with the thought process there, but that's what happened. And, and so because of that, we have one of the worst governors going right now in the country who, as we saw yesterday in the Super Bowl, just said fuck it to trying to battle COVID in any meaningful way, just kept Florida open, which is why Florida is a total fucking mess. And they can have a packed out Super Bowl that is basically going to result in or rather that was, based, that was basically a super spreader event. And so we're going to definitely see the impact of that because all those motherfuckers who are in that stadium were not all from Florida. They're not all from Tampa, you know? And so those motherfuckers went to a super spreader event hosted in Florida, and then now they're going to go back home to, you know, New York, New Jersey. They're going to go back to Texas, Wyoming, wherever they're from, and that's going to just create just another level of fuckery. I mean, I am not looking forward to the numbers that we're going to see in a couple of weeks that can be very clearly and directly attributed to fucking florida's 
just fuck it, we're open, let whatever happens happen rule towards fighting COVID, which resulted in what we saw at the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, and so those are, you know, those are my two thoughts, generally speaking, about charter schools. Uh, and so when I saw this news come through about this particular charter school in Utah, and understand that Utah is overwhelmingly white, okay, overwhelmingly white, all right? Uh, and so we're talking about a scenario here where, we, where Utah, I believe the, the actual number is that it's over 90% white. So here you go in a situation now where it uh, over, overwhelmingly white populace one month, <laughs> and this is the fuckery, and I'm trying to stay calm, but one month, school's like, hey, we're not going to focus on just white people now, and, uh, and, and we're not going to simply reduce the story of blackness in this country, in the world, to just slavery and Martin Luther King Jr. Like, we're actually going to expand on it a little bit, and we have parents wanting to opt out. And like I said in my post, like I said when I talked about this on Instagram, this is how you keep racism and ignorance alive, okay? This is how you keep it alive and well. There was a research study that came out, I mean, it's 2021 now, so it must have been like, 2016 when this paper came out um but this research paper came out and it kind of once again it was news for white people that's why i like to call these this particular type of um, news story it was news for white people because it detailed exactly what white people needed to do in order to raise racist kids and right at the top of the list was to not talk about race was to go all colorblind was to do all that well everyone is the same and da, 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 all that nonsense right because that's exactly how you actually raise racist kids as a white person black people we do not get the opportunity we do not get the benefit or the privilege of not talking about race i was having i was getting the race talk as early as if i recall like six or seven and mind you i live in an all all black neighborhood okay I live in an all black all minority neighborhood black and brown people so it was a matter of my mom explaining to me because of the images that I was seeing on TV which is probably one of the reasons why my mom was not big on having TV in the house to begin with I did not grow up with a TV on a regular it was just not a thing so there's a lot of images that I that other people saw that affected them that I just didn't see but the few times when my mom would have a TV in the house as opposed to just playing records upon records upon records she felt the need to make sure that I understood that this shit on TV was bullshit uh, and so us black and brown Brown people, we don't get to opt out of race discussions. We don't get to opt out, opt of learning bullshit about people like, you know, Christopher Columbus, like he's a fucking hero when in fact he didn't discover shit. He was an idiot and he murdered people, right? We don't get to opt out of that shit. In fact, we have to learn it to a degree where if we don't retain that information, fucking, you don't go from grade to grade. Like you don't go from fifth to sixth or from first to second, you know, whatever it may be. Like you have to retain that information, you know, to the point where if you don't, your whole scholastic, your whole, your whole educational journey can be hampered. Like that's some privilege right there. And so when we're talking about a scenario here where white people in Utah want to opt out of learning black history, what we're talking about here is what Angela Davis said a long time ago, that the school system here in America is not about education. It's not about truth. It's about Americanization and maintaining white supremacy. And this was a very clear example of that. 
And the truth is they would have gone right along with it had there been no Twitter. Had there been no Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram to spread all this to lead to backlash, they would have 100% done this. And I wonder how often in the past they've actually done a version of this. You know saying? How many times in the past schools that, you know, again, Social media is a relatively new creation. I wonder how many times in the past they've actually done this and where they've done this because it can't just be Utah. And so when we hear about stuff like this, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you deny white privilege in the face of things like this? Because for 99% of the school year, you know, you inundate black and brown kids with all this white information that they must learn, they must retain in order to be considered successful. But the one time of year where the focus is not on that, you have parents opting out. Why? Well, a part of the reason, I mean, look, I'm not in those, in those kids, excuse me, in those parents' minds. I don't know them. I have not heard them speak. Um, they have, you know, been kept anonymous, which is not a thing that should happen. Like, we should absolutely know them and make them actually defend themselves, defend this decision, even though they took it back. Like, I want to hear from them. I want to hear what they want, what they have to say for themselves. Uh, but guaranteed that the problem here is that they see learning black history as a opportunity to shatter the illusion of white superiority and white innocence because that maintaining that illusion is huge for white folks i don't think you understand how big it is like they they will literally cut off their arm like it is it is a huge deal to get a white person to realize that all the years that you've been taught, all this education, you've been taught, all this imagery that you've been taught about how perfect you are, how innocent you are, how nothing is ever your fault is all bullshit. Because understand, that becomes a part of one's self-image and one's all moral self-image. Meaning, moral self-image means the, the way you view yourself as being a good person. The way you view yourself as being a good human being. Once a piece of information, be it truth or lie, gets attached, become a part of how you view yourself as a good human being, you will find that people will sooner eat off their right arm than to actually let go of that, especially when it's a lie. They will literally fight tooth and nail because it is a painful process to accept that this thing that you believe that you now see, you see yourself through that lens and believe yourself to be a good human being, a good person. What happens when someone challenges it, challenges that? Does that now mean that you're not a good person? Does that not mean that you as a race are not are not so whole, wholly pure as you've been led to believe and that everything that black people talk about is them being just lazy or they don't want to work or they don't want to do this? Is that what's happening? So having your kids sit through lessons about black history, it affects that self-image and it shatters the illusion of superiority and innocence because you might actually have your child come home thinking that, you know what? Black people are just as good as us. Black people are just as smart as us. Black people aren't lazy. Black people deserve equal, right, equal rights, you know? And, you know, so it becomes one of those things where it's like those parents are probably concerned that their kids are going to come home and believe something that they don't want them to believe. And usually that thing that they don't want them to believe is, is equality. You know what I'm saying? So now we have a scenario here where Donald Trump won Utah by, excuse me, 58 to 20 something against Biden, 30 something to Biden. 
oh, now you got a scenario here where you have a whole bunch of people who are invested in white superiority and white supremacy. They definitely don't want their kids learning anything that might challenge that. I mean, right now, they're probably just like, hey, black people here is only good for basketball and football. You actually tell them now that black people might have actually had a hand in actually building the foundation which created what we now know as the internet. That's fucking crazy. That is that is illusion shattering. And so you definitely have a group of people, I am quite certain, in this ridiculous number of white people. And it had to be a lot for it to have made news. It could, it could not have been just one or two. It had to be a good number. And so you have this ridiculous number of white folks who simply don't want their kids getting that information. And now that they were shamed into actually allowing their kids to get that information, once the kids come home, there's going to be deprogramming done. There's going to be deep depro- deprogramming done. To make sure their kids don't actually get any kind of lesson off of those, you know, lessons in school about black history that black people are in any way as good as white folks. Like I said before, when Maya Angelou said that she hopes for a day where we won't need Black History Month, what she was talking about is that she had hopes and dreams that one day we would not have a need to separate and focus on black history because black history would be interwoven into the education that we give children in this country. As such, we would not have a need to focus on it specifically because we would be teaching it along with all the other things that we should be teaching children from the beginning to the end of the school year. But that's not where we are. That is absolutely not where we are. And we see that by this particular request. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you deny, how do you deny white privilege exists when you hear news like this? How do you deny it? Like you, you have to go through so many mental gymnastics to convince yourself, convince yourself that white privilege is not a thing when this is staring you in the face. So, like I said at the top, you know, the the parents were shamed into pulling back their particular requests. Uh, and so that's not something that's going to happen. But. I will, you know, like I also said, what's also going to happen is that they're going to do some deep deprogramming after the fact. Like you may teach your kid. I mean, look, it happens. It happened in my home, but for the reverse reason. And so even though I went to a really pro-black school growing up, they still have to teach kids about, you know, people like Christopher Columbus and the Mayflower and, you know, that nonsense. I had to get deprogrammed out of that nonsense when I got home. Like when I got home, my mom and my and the elders in the building would make sure to say, "Oh yeah, all that shit, that's bullshit." Like you have to memorize it, and you have to you have to write down as as answers, but that's nonsense, right? Uh, and so it was to make sure that my mind and my spirit was not brainwashed by white supremacy, which is an ongoing battle, right? Isn't there's no such thing as hey, I'm decolonized, that's it, class over. It's an ongoing thing because the attacks are ongoing, but when I was a kid, the reverse or rather the same thing happened for the reverse reason. Right. And so it was a matter of me getting these, you know, education points, quote unquote, in school and then coming back home. And my mom saying, yeah, that's not true. That's not true. This is what actually happens this is what it actually actually means. So forth and so on. That Christopher Columbus killed all these people on the island of um, Hispania. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Um, and then killed all the Native Americans there. And then that's how we have, you know, Dominican Republic and Haiti. That's what actually happened. It's not a hero he's a murderer he started transatlantic slavery trade right and so he is not a good person who should be admired 
but you have to fake it. And that kind of comes to the duality of the black experience, right? You have to kind of get this information, know the truth, but then also fake it so that you can just pass, you know, that particular grade and move on. It's, it's total fuckery because it's not a thing that white people have to do. It's not a thing that white people have to have to endure, Instead, they can just decide, hey, I don't want my kids learning about black history. I don't want my my white kid who I've, you know, told over and over again about how superior white people are, especially during the Trump administration. I don't want him knowing that a black person invented the first clock in America. I don't want him knowing that a black person invented a blimp. I don't want him knowing that a black person is the reason why we have a clothes dryer in the in the washroom. I don't want him to know that, you know, the electric lamp we have all over the living room, the bedroom and what have you, a black person invented that, you know, saying all the folding chairs we have around the house. I don't want him to know that a black person invented all that. That might just shatter the illusion that I'm trying to create. That might just shatter the myth that I'm trying to maintain in his mind. Right. And so that's reason number one. The reason number two is probably the bullshit that we hear all the time, which is how somehow learning about black history will make white people feel guilty. Like you hear this stuff all the time, right? They just want to, fo- you know, they don't want to focus. They don't want to hear about the struggle of black people because they don't want, you know, the, they, they feel as if it's guilt tripping white people and all that shit. And I've said this many times and I'm going to say it again. The idea behind guilt tripping is that guilt tripping is an unfounded guilt put on someone. That's the point of guilt tripping, that the, the guilt tripping is based on falsehood. It's based on lies. What exactly is the falsehood in the lie in telling people that, yo, black people had to overcome a lot of shit, a lot of obstacles put in their way by white people, okay, put in their way by white people to even get to where they are right now. That's not guilt tripping. Those are facts. And if you can't deal with these facts, you're going to put it under the label of guilt tripping. Then what you're saying is, I don't want to change. I don't want to face any harsh truths about myself or my people. I don't want to have to actually look in the mirror and maybe question whether or not I'm actually a good person. Don't give me any of that information. And when you do, I'm going to feign, you know, heartache and difficulty that you're guilt tripping me, which is utter bullshit. And like I said before, one of the factors in guilt tripping is that the person on the other end who you're trying to guilt trip, guilt trip needs to have a conscience. And we know so many white folks do not have unconscious when it comes to this shit, right? Uh, And so you have, you know, all this nonsense, you know, about, oh, when people, you know, when white people learn about black history, you know, they feel as if they're being guilt tripped. They feel as if they're being made to feel, you know, as if they owe black people or they did themselves did something wrong. No, unless, of course, you are maintaining or you're in favor of all the shit that we're talking about. Unless, of course, if you think that, slavery was a good thing and that black people should still be enslaved then you should absolutely feel guilty you should absolutely feel bad if you're over here looking at how black people had to organize just to make sure they were no longer relegated to the back of the bus and in your heart you kind of feel like black people should still be in the back of the bus your ass should absolutely feel guilty you only get to feel guilty if you actually have something guilty going on in your mind that you're guilty about a particular thing And so if you're over here learning about how black people had to organize themselves and march so that they so that their children can actually go to good schools, which unfortunately meant integrating schools. I mean, in a perfect. okay, not a perfect world, but in a world less racist, black people could have stayed in their neighborhoods and their black schools and just get a a fantastic education there as well. 
probably would have been far more pro-black than the nonsense that they have to, you know, feed children today. But unfortunately, in, you know, getting your child a good education meant integrating. Now, if you see that and you hate the fact that your child goes to school with black people and you hate integration, you should absolutely feel guilty when you see your child being taught or you see any education being focused on integration, the difficulties that black people went through to integrate, the hell that white people gave them just to have, just so that they can see their kids go to a good school. You should absolutely feel guilty in that scenario. Uh, and so we have a so we have a scene here where I'm pretty sure where you know we have white people on the other hand who are like oh I don't want to feel guilty well typically you feel guilty because you you got some some bad stuff going on in your mind that's number one number two is not guilt truth is not a guilt trip that's not how that works truth is the truth and if you feel guilty feel hearing the truth you're probably still someone who wants to lie or who wants to still engage in the evil that's been pointed out in the truth. And so I'm pretty sure we have that num- that section of people involved in those parents. But again, it's one of those things where the internet, <laughs> quote unquote, came to the rescue, I guess you can call that, um, because they got shamed into pulling it back. But it's like Martin Luther King Jr. said, man, whites, it must frankly be said, are not putting in similar mass effort to re-educate themselves out of their racial ignorance it is an aspect of their sense of superiority that the white people of america believe they have so little to learn you know there was a debate around this art around this particular quote from Martin the king jr which you don't ever hear i mean my goodness could you imagine a scenario where you know <laughs> white kids in utah are actually being taught all of the quotes from Martin the king jr including things like this a guaranteed it's not happening. There's no chance that's happening at all, all right? I'm not even going to put it out there as a possibility, right? Um, but goodness gracious, is this one of those quotes that white people really want to make sure that, you know, we don't know that Martha King Jr. said, you know, and that's why we have to make sure that we educate ourselves, that we go digging ourselves, that we go reading through these books ourselves so we can really get a picture of who Martha King Jr. is as opposed to this whitewashed version, this sanitized, safe version, you know, that, you know, white people teach us in schools for the express purpose of making sure that we do not become as radical as Martha King Jr. And I'm quite sure they're definitely not teaching, you know, Malcolm X. That's for damn sure. <laughs> That's for damn sure. I remember in elementary school spending a lot of time on Malcolm X. Like, you know, it was pretty shocking to me to hear that you know in other schools, kids weren't learning about Malcolm X to the point that we were. Because in elementary school, we were reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? In elementary school, that was a thing that happened. That's not happening in Utah, in the fucking, a fucking charter school in Utah where parents were even given an option to opt out of Black History Month. Not a fucking chance they're learning about Malcolm X or, or Angela Davis or, you know, super, super revolutionaries like that. You know what I'm saying? Ture, not a fucking chance they're learning, they're learning about that man. You know what I'm saying? But that being said, the reason why they're not being taught, these people, is that they spoke unfiltered truth, including Martha King Jr., no matter how sanitized the lessons you've learned on Martin Luther King Jr., he called out white supremacy and white people all the fucking time. And so they're definitely not learning these lessons because these are harsh truths. These are harsh truths that white people are really going out of their way to hide because they don't want you to become a revolutionary. 
They definitely don't want you to have the mind of these heroes and heroines of ours because that might that's going to upset the program. Like Carter G. Woodson said when I spent that whole, you know, hour on him at the beginning of Black History Month, you know, having an educational system that actually really speaks the truth would upset the program of the oppressor both in Africa and in America. And so, you know, then I learned the truth. And so when I quote, you know, Martha King Jr. here in that quote I just read, A, it is the truth that these kids are not going to hear, including the black kids, unfortunately, including the black kids. But these white kids definitely are not going to hear it. And they need to hear it because that's how you actually progress. And so for all these for all these parents who will swear up and down to you that they're not racist, this this action that they attempted to take proves Martha King Jr. correct, and it's also how you maintain ignorance and racism, which I'm pretty sure they will swear up and down that they're not. They'll they'll flaunt every black friend, <laughs> they'll flaunt every black person who they talk to, like maybe uh, four times a year as a black friend, as a close. But I have a black friend. You've never been to their homes. You you don't let their, your kids play together, but suddenly they're a friend. Fuck out of here. And so, yeah, that's a scenario. That's the thing that went down in Utah. And I definitely want to take time to talk about that because it was utter bullshit. And I love the fact that they were totally shamed and had to take it back. And again, it just goes to show that this fight against white supremacy is a continual thing, man, because it's constant. And I wish charter school. And look, I've said it often. I think black people especially should be homeschooling their kids. And bullshit like this is exactly why. White history, which is full of lies and exaggerations, so forth and so on, that is what your kid and his educational system needs to learn needs to learn in order to progress. But black history, that is something that kids ha- get to opt out of. And even when they don't opt out of it, honestly, is this going to be something that's held against them if they don't remember it on a test? Doubtful especially in a place like Utah, doubtful very, very much. And I speak as someone who lives in New York City, which has already been proven to have the most segregated school system in the United States. I love New York City. I'm a New Yorker, native, through and through. My friends make fun of, of the fact of the fact of how much I love New York City. I love my town. I love my city. But that's fucked up. And that's how that needs to be addressed. And that's one of the many, many ways that, you know, you know, our elected officials here in New York City has failed utterly and completely that we have the most segregated school system in the United States. And you can you can guess which schools are getting the money and which schools are not. Which schools are falling apart and which schools are not. Which schools have up-to-date textbooks and computer systems and which schools do not. And so I've said it many a times that black folks, if you at all got the means, if you at all, you know, equipped to do it should totally homeschool because homeschooling will actually give you an opportunity to make sure your children learn the truth because as Angela Davis said this educational system quote-unquote is not concerned with teaching truth it's concerned with Americanization and white supremacy and what we saw in Utah is a very clear example of that and so I wanted to touch on that and give you the latest on that Um, disturbing news but not surprising And again, I think if 
this news did not get out, and I'm not even quite sure how it got out, to be honest with you. I don't know if someone leaked it. I don't know if a teacher leaked it. I don't know if a student said something. Who knows how it got out? But if it didn't get out and it did not lead to a backlash like it did or a blacklash <laughs> like it did, that's, that charter school would have completely gone ahead and given those parents what they asked for, which is shameful, which is why I you know, have just a, a love-hate relationship with charter schools. But nevertheless, that's the news. Let's move on to the next topic. So there's something happening that I think we definitely need to keep an eye on because this has the potential to really fuck up the internet for a lot of people and we need to know what's happening. So there's something called Section 230. Now, without getting bogged down in a bunch of legal speak, you can, you can go on Wikipedia and do a deep dive if you want to know. But Section 230 is a law that basically says that platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the like are not publishers. In other words, when I go on Twitter and say something, it is not Twitter speaking. I'm speaking. The platform is therefore not responsible for what I say. And so that law is really important because that allows people to go on the internet and to say whatever they want. And companies won't be fearful that if someone comes on comes online and says X, that the company itself, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever, you know, YouTube, whatever it may be, that the company itself would get sued if someone decides that this particular thing that is said poses some kind of danger or is inflammatory or whatever. Uh, And so that's really an important law. Now, granted, this law is not perfect. Like nothing man-made is perfect. Because of this law is the reason why you have white supremacists and Nazis and all this, you know, all these other disgusting people, MAGA, Trumpists, QAnon, etc and etc free to go on twitter facebook youtube and spout their nonsense because facebook twitter and all these platforms are like hey you guys have the freedom and more importantly you may insult someone you may say something that's inflammatory but we as a company we won't get sued the most that happens that we will just ban you during the trump administration as we all know the right took fucking crazy advantage of that to say all types of wild shit to say all types of wild shit. And even before the Trump administration, there was problem with this because many women, but especially black women, will tell you that they face that they face all manner of threats and racial, you know, slurs thrown at them. All manner of fuckery happened to them online. And oftentimes these platforms either did not or were very, very slow to actually doing anything about it to actually upholding their own terms and conditions that often said that you can't go around saying hate speech or threatening people or so forth and so on. I mean, the reality is Trump should have been banned on Twitter long ago, like years ago. And the fact that it actually happened only recently is just absolute fuckery. And so you have Democrats who see what's happening and saw what happened under the Trump administration with these platforms not actually taking the steps to actually get these malcontents, these evil people with all this hate speech, with all this racism, with all the homophobia and et cetera off of the platform. And they've decided that 
Section 230 is too broad. It, it allows them, them being the platforms, to just go easy on these motherfuckers when, in fact, they need to bring, out, bring down the hammer. And the only reason why they're not is because Section 230 protects them. And so they want to limit that protection. In theory, that sounds like it would be a good thing, right? In that if these platforms now believe that they themselves can be sued, maybe they'll actually do something about racist and you know, you know, threats, especially to black women, to black people on these on these platforms. They'll actually do something about it if for no other reason but to protect their bottom line. But here's the rub. Here's the rub. One of the things that, and it's one of many things that the GOP lied about was how these platforms were censoring them. When in fact, research and actual studies into who who actually gets blocked and who actually has their accounts disabled and all that kind of stuff actually so actually showed that was actually people on the left, not the right, who more often got blocked and censored online, not the right. Overwhelmingly, it was the left, people on the left, especially black and brown people were more likely to get censored, had their, you know, accounts taken away on these platforms. And that is the worry, is that if these platforms decide that, hey, we can get sued for what you say, the first, the people who are going to be harmed the most will be the people who are already being harmed right now when this particular law protects the platform. It's going to be the left, and more often than not, it's going to be a lot of civil rights activists and black activists because they get hammered all the time. They get hammered all the time on Facebook, on Twitter. If they say something against white supremacy and enough white people don't like the comment, your account can be taken away. I mean, your account can just arbitrarily be taken away because a white person didn't like the fact that you said something against white supremacy and now they all feign concern that it's a threat and now they feel harm and they feel as if they're in danger and your account is gone. And the reality is if Democrats are allowed to do this, we're actually going to see more impediments to the speech of black and brown people online than the right. Because most of these companies, are, as we've seen under Trump, it actually revealed a lot of a lot of fuckery in that a lot of these companies are actually right leaning. Like they actually had a preference for the right, for the GOP. Now, granted, a big part of it is because the GOP tends to be pro business to the extreme, and therefore they're like let companies do whatever they fuck they want. I mean, in the midst of all this complaining about how you know companies and social media was limiting them and censoring them, not one GOP member said they support you know. Any action that would actually bring punishment to these particular tech companies and make them not censor people. Not one. Not one time. They just want to complain. They just want to complain. And the idea, the strategy was that if they complain enough, they would actually influence the fact checkers, influence the people who are supposed to be moderating to let more right fuckery go by so that they would not look like they were preferencing the left over the right because the right screams and cries and whines so much. Cries. Did I say crimes? <laughs> and cries so much, right? And so what's happening is that the Democrats are actually falling for the trap because if they go through with this, if they actually pass this bill, which, by the way, Biden said while he was campaigning that he was in favor of, 
if they actually pass this bill, if they actually pass this this amendment or you know whatever it is specifically to limit this you no know, this changing of two thirty section two thirty to actually make platforms far more liable when people say fuckery online, the reality is that it's too vague. In other words, anyone who's going to decide what's fuckery, right? Who's going to decide that X is something to sue over versus Y? That's the problem because I've already seen it happen to many black activists online have had their accounts taken away because they spoke against white supremacy, which is a thing that needs to happen. And what ended up happening was that white people reported and complained and their accounts got shut down. You think that's not going to happen under this law if they make this amendment? It's going to happen even worse. It's going to happen even worse. So, And now your ability to speak freely online is going to be severely limited. And that's going to be a definite problem. So what actually should happen here, if these politicians actually care about people and protecting people online from harassers, from disinformation and things of that nature, there must be a better way to go about it than to open the door for more censorship of the left and especially more censorship of black and brown people online. And so that's the problem I have with this bill as it is right now is that I think the effect, the hammer is going to end up coming down on black and brown people and not on the people who actually need the hammer to be brought down on them. As always, the Democrats, you know, get it wrong. They learn the wrong lessons out of stuff like this. I mean, if you were to ask me, the way to go about it is to actually have these motherfuckers come in and give them examples. Say, how come these having these people are not removed? How come we we can find their speech? How come these you know accounts were not removed? They clearly you know violate your terms and service. If you make it super super clear that something has to actually be hate speech, something has to actually be disinformation that is harmful to the public trust. Make it super clear. But as it is right now they are going to leave it so vague that it's going to actually end up harming the wrong people. And so that's my concern. And so it's something that we should definitely keep an eye on. Uh, it's, it's something that we need to follow. If you're like me and you use the internet for a myriad of reasons, including you know lending your voice for black liberation, that's going to make people uncomfortable. And if it makes enough people uncomfortable, these platforms themselves might now may now get uncomfortable themselves. And next thing you know, I'm gone. You're gone. You know, and all these people who are actually fighting the fight will now be in peril. We got to keep an eye on this. We got to make sure that this fuckery does not happen and that we actually find a actual substitute. Because I do believe something should be done to actually protect people online. I mean, we saw such huge dis information campaigns and like i've said for years especially black women have been dealing with bullshit online has been dealing with so many threats of violence and like and again the reason why i keep on bringing you know black women specifically is because that's who i specifically see get affected the most by that fuckery something should definitely be done about that but this this is not the way this is not the way and so i definitely want to bring that up um we're gonna definitely keep an eye on this my, like I said, I'm, I'm really concerned how this is going to go down. And so we're definitely going to keep an eye on this. All right. On to the final topic. So the final topic is going to definitely be sports related. So hopefully everyone listening to this is actually a sports fan doubtful but let's hope you know this is not the part where everyone 
the majority of you guys just click off, all right? Because we got to talk about this. So obviously the Super Bowl was yesterday and Tom Brady won. Uh, I did not expect the score to be what it was. That was shocking. I did not expect the Chiefs to get completely blown out, but I'm not surprised that he won because there was it was always a good chance that he was going to win. I mean, the guy is a is a goat for a reason. But of course, people fucking go overboard because of course now motherfuckers are talking about how he's the greatest athlete ever. Um, please excuse me, but fuck out of here, man. Fuck out of here. Do you guys not know what the word athlete means? Okay, do you not understand what athlete means? Okay, it's not just football player. It's not just throwing the ball. It is a person who has athletic ability, all around athletic ability. How the fuck you going to stand there with a straight face and talk about Tom Brady who can't run, who can't jump, okay, who is really good at throwing the ball but standing in a pocket and throwing a ball in a sport, mind you, in a sport where, in a sport where the contest, the actual activity, is stopped and interrupted all the time, so that people can gather together and you know and talk and ruminate and all that. How the fuck are you gonna call that guy playing in that sport the greatest athlete of all time? When you fucking got Serena Williams, you got Simone Biles, you got LeBron, people who are jumping out the gym, shooting the ball, playing defense, playing defense, stopping people, blocking people, stealing shit. Have you have you fucking seen Simone Biles on the fucking floor? You tell me. You fucking tell me that this motherfucker is better than her? Are you shitting me? Have you not seen her her floor routine? You think Tom Brady can fucking balance himself? There's a better chance that Simone Biles can throw a... F- Put it this way. There's a better chance that Simone Biles can learn to throw a football. Not as well as Tom Brady because he's a professional quarterback. But there's a better chance that she can learn to just throw the football than Tom Brady can ever learn to do even the simplest gymnastic moves, okay? Even the simplest gymnastic, just a backflip. There's not a chance he can learn to do it. There's fucking not a chance he can learn to do that shit. There's not a chance Tom Brady can dunk. Not a chance Tom Brady can fucking shoot an over-the-shoulder fadeaway. Are you fucking kidding me? Why y'all always got to go overboard with this shit, yo? He is the greatest football player of all time. That's enough. What the fuck are you doing? We've had actual athletes who play, who play sports that require far more physical ability than Tom, than Tom Brady quarterbacking any team. Okay? Now, are there some racial undertones to all this? For some, absolutely. For some, 100%, 100%, okay? I don't think everyone who's saying it is saying it out of pocket with some racial undertones, but I do believe there's enough of them who's saying this fuckery with definitely some racial undertones in their decision to to name Tom Brady as the greatest athlete of all time. Do you not, have, you not, have you not heard of Muhammad Ali? Have you not heard of Pele? Huh? What? 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 And I know so far I've been naming, you know, black players and, and black athletes mostly. But motherfucker, 
any sock, I take any great soccer player is a better athlete than Tom Brady. I don't care if black, white, Hispanic, Cuban, Italian, African, Haitian, Jamaican, whatever. Any of them, any of them is a better athlete than Tom Brady. The um, uh, Ronaldo, 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 right? That's his name. I don't watch soccer, so I'm not going to know his name off the bat. But Ronaldo, definitely a better athlete than Tom Brady. Listen, without, without question, without question, okay? So this is just, once again, people always take things too far. They always want to go top, top, top shelf with shit. If you're going to talk about just the greatest athletes of all time, I got news for you. Those are mostly Olympians, man. Those triathletes, yo, those, those are usually the ones who are actually the greatest athletes of all time. The people who possess the greatest set of athletic skills, okay, who are able to display the most or the best athletic ability. The best athletic ability clearly is not the best definition because that all depends on your sport, but the most and the highest amount of athletic ability. Like, I don't know if people understand what athlete means when they start saying this bullshit. My man is the greatest, greatest quarterback of all time, maybe the greatest football player of all time, maybe. I don't know if he's necessarily the greatest at his sport. He's definitely the winningest. He's one of the most winningest athletes of all time. That cannot be argued. But better than Jordan? Fuck out of here. No. <laughs> once once you know, Tom Brady can play defense and stop someone on defense, then you can say he's a great athlete. Nah. No one who plays just one side of the of a game can ever be the greatest athlete. Let's let's start there. Okay. Let's let's just make that a rule. You can't just play offense or defense and be considered the greatest athlete of all time. That's not a thing that can happen, okay? That's not, not a thing that can happen. Even in tennis, a singular, excuse me, a, a sport where you're on an island, you have to play both offense and defense. Can't be just a motherfucker who just throws the ball, okay? That's why in the sport of football, I will probably give the greatest athlete to Deion Sanders, Primetime Deion Sanders, which is hilarious because that's his actual nickname, his, his alter ego. But prime Deion Sanders was ridiculous. Played both offense and defense. Okay? So, yeah. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time in his sport. Okay? One of the GOATs anyway. All right? That's enough. Calm yourselves. The fuck are you doing, man? Relax. You don't have to go super top shelf on everything, man. Shit. I saw that. I was like, "What? What? Yeah, have you not seen? Have you not seen some more bows fucking do three fucking flips in the air and land on her feet straight without problems? The fuck are you talking about? He's the greatest athlete. Like I said, there's a better chance that Simone Biles can learn to throw a football than Brady can learn to do anything that she does. Okay. Now that's all I gotta say on that subject." You guys can discuss, but it's but you know this is some fuckery out there for people saying this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, calm yourselves down, man. I I always hate this conversation. I always hate this conversation, yo. People like athletes who excel at a particular sport just say that they're great at that sport. Like, what the fuck are you doing trying to make him the greatest of all the people who've ever played sports? Like, relax. I I know I'm gonna get some hate. But I had the same problem with people saying that about Serena. I was like, she's amazing. 
But you think she's a better athlete than a than a, a person who does a triathlon, who has to run, who has to jump, who has to swim, who has to climb? Come on, she's she is one of the greatest tennis players of all time, and if she can squeeze out just two more grand slams, I think she'll be officially the greatest male or female of all time. But that's it. It, it does. It doesn't have to. She doesn't have to rule them all. Jordan, like, I don't recall, when did this start, to be honest with you? Now, now I'm ranting. <laughs> but I wonder when did this start? Because I don't recall ever hearing a conversation where Jordan was declared the greatest athlete of all time. Okay? Even at his peak, I don't recall that being a thing. Okay? Maybe I missed it. Maybe I was not in the right circles. Clearly, when Jordan was at his peak, there was no social media. So maybe it's a social media thing. But I don't recall that ever being a conversation. I recall always that Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time. That's it. That 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 was the top. No one was trying to say he was better than Ali, like Ronnie Lott, Barry Sanders, and you know he was not better. No one was trying to make those arguments. Okay, greatest ba- basketball player of all time, greatest tennis player of all time, greatest quarterback of all time. Ain't that fucking enough? Yeesh. So I want to end on that note. <laughs> A little fun note. We don't have. I don't. I try to end these things on a little upbeat note. Although maybe that's not upbeat for some people. Maybe you're you're pissed at my opinion. But hey, follow me on Instagram at bbtn podcast and let me know what you think. Because we're definitely gonna be posting this commentary on there today. So let me know what your thoughts are. All right, that's it for me, y'all. This was fun. This was this was a good one. I gotta go and handle the snow business. <laughs> There's no business, not snow business. That was corny. But nevertheless, I gotta go handle my shit. But I thank you for spending some time with me. As always, share this podcast, subscribe, get your friends on board, and let's hit you know a hundred subscribers by the end of March. Let's make this thing happen. All right. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. I just forgot what day it was for a second there. But I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Peace out. Thank you.